You know, for centuries, the ultra-wealthy have been putting their money where their mouths are by investing in fine wine. And now, with Vint, you can do that too. At Vint, we offer SEC-qualified investment opportunities of fine wine and spirits curated by our experts with portfolio managers. With Vint, you can invest and diversify into the most sought-after assets that have a history of price appreciation. Learn more at VINT.co. For full investment disclosure information and more, visit VINT.co. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to a brand new edition of a show called BTC Behind the Coin. My name is Faisal Khan and I'm here with my co-host Nako Mbele. Nako, why are we doing this show? Let's that I mean, you know, crypto is a huge world. Uh, altcoins, Bitcoin, blockchain, you name it, distributed ledger, and we felt a need to do the show. But I'll let you explain why we really need to do the show. Sure, thank you, thank you so much for inviting me on as a as a co-host. Um, yeah, I really believe that we are in a very special point in history, and it might sound like hyperbole, but. I think if you look back at um, some, you know, very historical moments, whether that's the Magna Carta and the, you know, the Internet Revolution, the Industrial Revolution, there are points in our history, uh, whether it be the Gutenberg Press, you know, the, the the fact that people were able to read the Bible. If you look at these periods in time, I think you can compare it to what we're going through right now, and that seems you know, like quite a statement. But um, what we're going through is the democratization of capital. And that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. And, and what does that really mean? It means that there are people who have never had access to investments. They've never had access to speculation. Uh, you know, call it whatever you want. Uh, and there, and there's some good things about it, and there's some bad things about it. But the common thread is that people have a choice now uh, as to whether they want to speculate, and and you know, it, it could change their lives. You know, uh, based on what they speculate on. So it's a pretty big deal uh, if you look at it from that vantage point. You just need an internet access. You need you need an internet connection to be a part of this revolution. And so I think that um, we're going to see a huge transfer of wealth. Um, and I don't think people realize that there are certain countries that, um, you know, are considered third world that are really involved in this space. Uh, and one country that comes to mind is Vietnam, but I don't want to go on an, on a tangent. What, what I'm trying to let the audience understand is that this is a lot bigger and more global than people realize. It's not just for techies uh, in Silicon Valley 
or you know some rich kids who've got extra money that they can that, that, that they can use to to buy crypto no this is this is a lot bigger it's a lot bigger uh, and and you know you could just look at Google Trends and you can see where the searches are coming from you can see the countries that are participating in uh, participating in this revolution so uh, I, I think it's something that um, we all need to pay a little bit more attention to and uh, understand the vastness that it's, it's changed, you know, the vastness of the space and how much it's really changing and impacting people who've always been excluded traditionally from finance. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I couldn't help but bring in a, a point that I want to make at some point in time in history, someone must have invented the, plus symbol, the minus symbol in mathematics, right? The division and the multiplication. Let's assume they were all invented in the same day. But that it must have happened at some point in time in history. And before that, the world had a very, very tough time trying to decide 2 plus 2 was 4, you know, 4 plus 4 was 8, and so forth. And in that moment in history, when someone made those four, you know, mathematical symbols and what they were to do, it was about to change the world. But can you imagine that day and maybe two years afterward? No one would have thought it would change their lives. They probably would keep on going the same way. That is the power of the blockchain today. Today, there isn't a person who doesn't use the mathematical symbols. There isn't a person who doesn't use the wheel. You know, They were all invented at some point in time. Likewise, the blockchain was invented. The decentralized ledger will come in. And its repercussions and its far-reaching outright, you know, effects in a positive manner will all happen in the years to come. Very few of us are really understanding it now. And those who get it uh, literally lose sleep over it. And the cool fact is that it's a very different world today. We are all connected. We can exchange that information at lightning speeds. And we can all be uh, participants in this really, really great journey, whether it's, you know, I hate it when people say, oh, you know, it's a fraud and this, we, we don't know. We Just like the Big Bang Theory, we are in the inflationary stages too early, too early. The planets, the stars, the galaxies, the supernovas, the suns, etc., all have yet to be born all have yet to be created. Life has yet to be created. In the early days of the Big Bang, you would have said, what is this? This is it? This dark, black thing? So I think we are in the same phase right now. The uh, evolutionary phases of what will happen with this money are yet to appear. You agree? Oh, yeah. I, I completely agree. I think we are so early. We are so early. And a lot of people think that they're too late. you know. And a lot of it, I think, is based on uh, ignorance, really, not really understanding how the technology works, not realizing that you can buy fractions of every currency. So, you know, people get sticker shock when they um, see the price of Bitcoin or they see the price of Ethereum and, and really technical people too. Like it's not just, you know, layman people who are, who are not really tech savvy. I, I think there's, we need as a community to educate people a little bit more better and let them know that you can, you can buy these, these coins, uh, as fractions and you can buy a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin. You can buy $50 worth of Bitcoin and, you know, and it will continue to grow as, your your investment will grow over time if Bitcoin goes up. So, uh, yeah, we're that early on in the game that people still really don't understand 
how um, things really work uh, from a very simple, you know, something as simple as, as the fact that you can buy them in fractions. Hmm. And it was interesting because we were doing these uh, trends on Google in the term Bitcoin. Uh, you want to have a go at it and let, and let people know what we found? Yeah. So this is really interesting. There are countries that really surprised me. In fact, the whole list surprised me. The The beauty of this list is that it really shows how democratized Bitcoin really is and how, how um, it's really, truly, truly global. And it's not as concentrated in um, what people I think would first automatically think it's, oh, definitely California, right? That's like where the most people, uh, you know, that, that, that's where all the activity is. And, and that's not necessarily the case. Um, according to Google in 2017, the search Bitcoin, um, came up from people living in these, these countries in the world. So the number one country was South Africa. Uh, and, you know, they, they're going through some fiscal issues. So it's kind of not surprising that they would be searching for ways to protect well, their wealth. I mean, wealth. Argentina, Venezuela, Brazil, those did not show up. Zimbabwe did not show up. That's you know? true. That is true. That is true. They, th- those didn't show up. The United, the United States did not show up in the top 10. Yeah. That, yeah, that was surprising to me as well. Um, so number one was South Africa. Number two was Slovenia. Now, like, how shocking is that? I, I mean, and I, Quite. yeah, yeah, Slovenia. Uh, number three was the Netherlands. Now, this was not surprising to me. Uh, I'm a no. headhunter by day and, um, and there are a lot of Dutch people in, in the space. That's something that I've, that I just took note of a lot of developers that are Dutch. I don't know what it is. You know, please let us know if you're Dutch, why are you guys so into crypto? <laughs> I, I would love to know what the, what the, uh, what the reason is for that. Um, number four is Australia. Which is fine because they've taken a lead. Uh, they've, you know, they have exchanges, they have better legislation, et cetera, et cetera. They're not, clamping down, if you will, like the other countries are in their, what I would call their myopic knee-jerk reaction. So Australia is a good one over here. Okay. And number five was Austria. Surprising for me. I would have thought Switzerland maybe because of what's happening now in the front with the ICOs and the registration that Switzerland offers, etc. But Austria, very surprising. Yeah, I was surprised at that too. And then I wondered how many Austrians are ardent Austrian economists, you know, if they really believe in the whole Austrian economics. Because as people know, that's really what started this whole Bitcoin movement is a libertarian, it's very strong libertarian um, origins, and and they're proponents of Austrian economics. So I, I don't know if that's, it's if it's related, that might be a stretch. Maybe it's all of Dr. Julian's followers. Dr. Julian, for those of you who don't know, is one of the co-founders of 10X, and he's Austrian. Ah, I didn't realize he was Austrian. Interesting. Yeah, he's he's Austrian. Okay. Uh, number six, Singapore. Not a surprise. No surprise there. No, no. That's the home of, you know, where everyone's registering their ICOs pretty yeah. much. But cannot register, but cannot participate. Singapore residents cannot participate in ICOs. Right. And by the way, Singapore, Singapore's um, uh, MAS, Monetary Authority of Singapore, is probably one of the most uh, uh, 
uh, one of the best central uh, banks in the world as far as fintech and uh, fintech related and crypto related policies etc are concerned interesting yeah uh, okay and number 7 is canada that that's where i am and yeah. um was i surprised a, a little i mean we're we're we've got a tiny population pretty much like austria right we're we're not a huge population maybe not as small as austria but we're, we're definitely not the us and um but we do have uh quite a bit of um uh, Bitcoin companies and and you know we we've got a really good Bitcoin conference in Toronto that happens every year. It's a meetup and it's one of the biggest meetups um, in Bitcoin. So yes and no. Uh, how about you? Were you surprised with Canada being in the top ten? No, because uh, a lot of the exodus that happened from the United States went up north. Canada couldn't go to Mexico. Went to Canada. So that's why they started the exchanges. That's why they started some of the Post devices that were doing Bitcoin, they would started the ATMs and so forth. It all ended up in Canada. Interesting. And and on another note, in terms of Canada, a lot of the Chinese miners are now eyeing Canada as a place where they might move their operations because the Chinese mm-hmm. government is cracking down yeah. on, uh, you know, miners, on them. Huh? Yeah, on miners and and electricity is relatively still cheap in in places like Quebec and Manitoba in Canada. So Canada might be might move up uh, to the you know higher on the list next year. Who knows? Uh, number mm. eight, Switzerland. No surprise. Yeah, yeah. Zug Zug is uh, Crypto Valley. I'm surprised they're not even higher, but you know. Number nine, Nigeria. The most entrepreneurial people on earth. They are thinking, how do I game the system 24, 7, 365, and then some. Yeah, I'm not you surprised. And I, and I mean it in a good sense. So please, no negative connotations here. Yeah, no, def- definitely. They they know their way around the internet. Uh, and, um, and-, and I'll tell you why. 2017 was really good for them because CBN, the Central Bank of Nigeria, did a lot of snafus and so forth, capital controls and did this and did that. So they were always looking at how to circumvent that. And Bitcoin was the most natural alternative to them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And number 10 is Ghana. Now this was a surprise to me. What about so you? Ghana is one of those countries that has a very high GDP uh, growth rate. It is very progressive in the 50, I think it's 54 countries within Africa or oh, 58. I forgot the number. 54. Um, 54. 54. And Ghana is right up there. And again, very entrepreneurial, trying to take the lead away from Kenya, from Tanzania, from Nigeria, and they want to come up top, even maybe top up South Africa. And I think they might ex- they might just excel at that. Yeah, I in fact, I, I had um, thought that Kenya would make it to number 10 before Ghana. So that that's, you know, why it surprised me. I'm, I'm surprised that Kenya didn't make it on the top 10 because when I think... No, okay, I mean, M-Pesa is, is, is very dominant, number mm-hmm. one. There is no need for a Bitcoin transaction. There aren't too many Kenyans as far as the diaspora is concerned who are sending money. And, you know, uh, the, M- the M-Pesa network, Safaricom, has basically disassociated itself from all cryptocurrencies so that they cannot drop money directly into a uh, M-Pesa wallet. 
Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, now, now, were there countries uh, apart from the U.S. Um, that you were surprised didn't make the top 10? Korea, China, China and Korea, especially South Korea, obviously, not North. Uh, South Korea is huge. Japan is huge in Bitcoin. Yes. Didn't make it to the top 10. I was very surprised. I expected one of these three countries, China, South Korea, or Japan, to make it. If not, a mention of Hong Kong. No, didn't make it. Singapore yeah. made it, made sense, but not these countries. So that was my only surprise. Yeah, my surprise too was that more Asian countries uh, weren't in this. India, for example, I was shocked that India. India, no, no, no I, I, I wasn't. India is not big in Bitcoin. India is not big in Bitcoin at all. It's doing a lot of work. There's a lot of regulatory uh, gray area as far as Bitcoin and blockchain and other cryptocurrencies, etc. Concerned not the blockchain, but Bitcoin in general. Um, and so not no, India is not there. Bangladesh is banned. It. Pakistan is neutral on it. And the GCC is very neutral on it. Not like that. Philippines would have been one country that I would like to have seen up there because they are very, very Bitcoin friendly, so to speak. Yes. Um, a lot of uh, uh, remittances, which remittance and, you know, using Bitcoin remittances are being done using uh, these altcoins. And Philippines is probably probably tops the list. I was yeah. very surprised not, not to see it there. That is true. They're, they're kind of the pioneers, I would say, when it comes to remittance with Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, it is it's quite, quite shocking that they, they weren't in the top 10. And I'm also surprised that Malta didn't make it as well. Um, you know, I, w- I expected to see Malta before Slovenia, uh, but hey, you know, these things, you, you, that's why you use Google and look at the statistics because it, it might surprise you. Uh, all mm. right. So what what else um, has been surprising? What other surprises happened in 2017 that, that threw us off in the Bitcoin blockchain crypto space? Well, I think it's old money versus new money. That fight has started, you know, uh, regulation clamping down. Uh, will, you know, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase saying Bitcoin is a fraud and then, you know, ba- backing, taking a, a reversal uh, of view on that. There's so many things that have, have happened. Suddenly, the world woke up after August. Hey, there's Bitcoin and it's going towards the moon and, and the moon shot and then back down again. And the sad part is that it has always been there. It has been there for a couple of years. And, you know, people used to make fun of the people who used to talk about Bitcoin. Not anymore. Most of the people ended up laughing all the way to the bank. That's true. That That is very true. I think another uh, interesting development that we saw uh, in 2017 and leading coming into 2018 is all of these new blockchains and some of them aren't even blockchains. So here we are trying to understand, uh, better understand what Bitcoin really is, what it's capable of as a protocol and Ethereum. And then, you know, here come these new guys, right? And IOTA being the biggest. Um, still don't understand it personally. Uh, I'd love to get somebody on the show to explain exactly what it is and why they're so excited about it. But we've got a lot of new ones coming up um, that are really protocols. And I think the biggest two really are IOTA and EOS. 
that are, you know, have caught everyone's attention. They're doing extremely well. When you look at coin market cap, you know, their, their, their market cap is huge. Uh, and, and they are pretty much being touted as Ethereum killers, uh, Pardon the expression, but you know they're 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 seen. Everyone sort of sees Bitcoin as Bitcoin, you know. Um, but everyone is looking at okay, who's going to replace Ethereum? And we had this incident with CryptoKitties that really showed some of the vulnerabilities in Ethereum. And then you have you know these new blockchains saying, listen, that this is this is how we're going to fix what Ethereum um, is lacking. So, so, um, and there are a couple others that, that I can name. And, and, you know, as the year goes by, we will invite people in to talk about these new blockchains or non blockchains. I don't even know what to call them. Uh, these new mm. protocols that are challenging alt chains. Yeah, exactly. Alt chains. Um, uh, that but are, name, that name are coming up. Cardano is one eighty eight, right? Yes. Rai blocks, arc block, nebulas, um, Bloom, well, Bloom is not a thing. Uh, there are quite a few that are coming up, but hopefully we'll have, you know, I, we understand that people don't understand these ICOs. We didn't understand either. And it takes time. Uh, the first one sees a little weird, the second one less weird. And the more you start reading into them, the more you start participating and, you know, and looking at forums and white papers and so forth you'll get acclimatized to it. You will eventually get the hang of it. You will be able to tell a bad actor from a good actor pretty much if you keep yourself uh, up to date. Um, and obviously the show is going to help you you know, keep up to date. For example, I want to make one comment and I know it's uh, BitConnect. That's one uh, coin you do not want to uh, participate. It's a Ponzi scheme. Everyone knows it. But those who don't know about it, you know, we'll invest money, put it, uh, plunk it down, and it'll go to a waste, and you know, maybe lose it all. But that's you, but but uh, I, I think it's fair to say in any altcoin investment, you could lose it all. Uh, the mathematics could make the money go down to zero. But you know, be aware, and hopefully, as we go along with further episodes of the show, we will let you know who is a good actor and who is a bad actor to the best of our abilities. Yeah, and it's also important to note that we're not financial advisors. So everything we talk about on the show is just our opinion. And, you know, do your own research, consult your own financial advisor, do not take anything we say as investment advice. This show is really, um, you know, we love this space very much and we want to, you know, um, pretty much try and educate people as best as we can, but we're learning along with you. I mean, nobody's an expert in this space. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's impossible yeah, to call yourself an expert. And listen, don't, don't say, you know, I wish I had bought Bitcoin when it was $10. Why don't you say things like, I wish I had bought Facebook when it was $2. <laughs> I don't hear you saying that. I don't hear you saying, I wish I had bought Google when it was 62 cents. I don't hear you saying that. I don't hear you saying, oh, I wish those those trains have left long left the station. So there are plenty of coins out there. There are plenty of ways to make money and lose money if you don't know how to play the game right. There are plenty of ways to speculate, punt, you know, get in the game, small or big. There are many, many ways of doing it. The opportunities have not exited. In fact, you have more opportunities today in 2018 than you ever had before. 
you know, as we do this pilot episode right now, there are, I don't even know how many, uh, I think it's 1,400 coins out there, 1,400 altcoins. That's a lot of coins to play with. Um, and, you know, the, the yes, there will be fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and market turbulence, and Bitcoin decreasing, and Bitcoin increasing. Do I buy Ethereum? What's all the rage with the Ripple these days? You know, shall I go for Ripple? Shall I go with Stellar, et cetera, et cetera? You will learn it all. It, 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 it will come to you. And by the way, whatever we talk about with respect to coins, chances are Nako and I have either been investors in it, are advisors in it, or have been playing and trading it. So it's not just we, we, we don't want to talk theoretical. Everyone can talk theoretical. We really want to put our own money where our mouth is and invest in it and see how it goes. Yes. Albeit, yeah. albeit NACO doesn't do day trading, though. No. <laughs> Can't handle it. We'll, we'll, we'll get you there. <laughs> uh, but what I can say, too, is make sure that you only invest what you can afford to lose. I mean, we can't stress that enough. Everyone yeah, says yeah, yeah. it. To- to- totally. Totally. You, you need to invest what you can totally afford to lose. Yeah. Because you hear crazy stories, right, of people mortgaging their houses. I mean, insanity. Completely craziness. Uh, so do not do that. Okay, make sure that you know whatever you 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 get because it's a gamble at this point because we're that early in. Um, what I also want to, what I love about this space is that you might come in initially for the profits, but you'll stay for the love of the philosophy and the fact that you really some of the projects that you're backing are really trying to change the world and make it a better place. Um, the, 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 the sacrifice and the commitment of these developers to me is just awe-inspiring. Um, the open source community, you know, there's a, there's a culture in the blockchain and crypto community that has, you know, come from the open source space. And so you'll find these projects where people are contributing just, you know, I I mean, at first, because I'm not a developer, I was like, people are doing this for free. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't understand. I don't understand this concept, you know? And of course there is, uh, uh, you can call it a secondary, maybe a byproduct of what they're doing may turn out to be profitable in the end. If the project does well, then they'll do well. But for the most part, there are a ton of tokens. I mean, a ton of tokens um, that will never make any money, right? They're just going to, the projects will be there and they might get lucky. They, they might get have a Cinderella story. And we saw one of those Cinderella stories at the end of 2017 called PackCoin. I mean, talk about a crazy story. Um, you know, these guys have been developers developing this, this, uh, this coin, this, I think it's, it was just really a payment coin of a fork of Bitcoin, like many of these coins are. Uh, and they were, I think a thousand and 30 or something. I mean, they were, they were way down on the list and probably the cheapest coin. In fact, when I checked the price initially, they were they weren't even registering as a satoshi and for those of you who are kind of new to bitcoin um once you really get into the swing of things you will start looking at the bitcoin price instead of the dollar price because 
for me, the name of the game is to get more Bitcoin. And every trader is different. Some people don't trade that way, but that's how I trade, right? So this is, again, not investment advice, but just to give you an idea of how beautiful this space is, in my opinion. Um, these guys were, I think, developed the coin in 2013. So they've been around forever, right, For, in, in, in crypto land. Three years, four years is a, is a long time. Um, and they had, um, you know, just developed this coin. And I think they had like a, uh, uh, they wanted to make it, um, spendable, uh, within the Pacifica region. So there was a bit of, you know, maybe ph- philosophy and maybe a bit of politics, but whatever they were doing, they were, they created this coin from their heart. You could see that when you read their posts, when you read their blogs. And one day they woke up. Okay, and their coin, for some reason, started to skyrocket, and um, and like I said, it wasn't even a satoshi, and it's now a satoshi, right? Which is a which is a lot of money, uh, considering the the volume that they were that they were uh, uh, creating. So. There, there's a lot of drama in this space, which I love. There's some Cinderella stories in this space. There's always the unexpected in this space. And when I saw the team, you know, kind of did my research, I thought, wow, I feel, you know, I, I'm happy for these guys, right? Like, you know, they've been kind of, you know, plugging away for how many years, you know, their coin went maybe a little dormant. They maybe did a little couple side projects. And I interview developers like this all the time, right? They have this dream, they go and they do a project with their friends. It doesn't work out. Then, you know, they got to work and pay the bills. They've got a wife and kids to take care of, but they're really in it for the right reasons. And then this happens, you know? So, um, there imagine, are a lot of imagine you know, get, getting in early on these coins, getting in when one when one coin is I don't know point zero 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 two something BTC, and then the coin goes becomes one dollar. If it if if you actually use that number and it went to one dollar, you for every hundred dollars invested, you make I don't know a couple of hundred thousand dollars, I guess. So and these stories can happen can very well happen only in crypto land. <laughs> yeah only in crypto well, especially if the whales and inter- institutional money uh, gets behind it you want to talk give just a little um glimpse of that sure okay so this is the space is still so small um and i tell i tell a lot of like the regular trade like people that have come from the traditional trading space crypto freaks them out. I mean, they're just like, I've never seen a chart like this in my life. Um, they use their technical analysis and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And the reason your technical analysis might fail in crypto, in the crypto space is because it just takes a couple whales to decide that they're going to dump a coin or they're going to buy a coin. And then your technical analysis will go to the wayside. It's just going to be wiped out. It will not make sense. There is no logic to this space. There's and no fundamentals also, remember. No, there's no fundamentals. And you can't say, oh, well, this coin is going to perform really well because the interest rates over here have gone high. Or, or, <laughs> doesn't the, work with, doesn't, or down, doesn't work with the, does, has no correlation at most of the time. No, 
No. And, and I think that that's humbling for a lot of the traditional guys, right? Because they come in and they've got all their little charts and they've got all their, you know, this is what happens when, when this pattern is happening. And then, you know, like I said, like a, a whale, a whale or a couple whales. And the whales in this space all know each other for the most part, right? Because it's still small enough that they know who- You want to very quickly describe a whale. Oh, it's yes. It's not the okay. animal. Not right. the animal. So a whale is somebody that owns a lot of tokens, a lot of them, and somebody who can move the market Right. So they are the, um, the makers, really, the, 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 the guys that are making, could, can make the mark, you know, a, a trade move. Um, and, um, so they're, they, they, and it could be anybody. It could be a miner could be a whale. An individual can be a whale. An institution could be a whale. You could be a whale. If you have a ton of money and you go in and you buy up a ton of tokens and you own, let's say, 5%, of the the circulating supply, you're a whale, right? You can you can do some some damage if you wanted. Um, so that's really what a whale is, uh, and um, and and the the space is small enough that they do move things. They make things, yeah. They 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 can they can make your life really good, or they can make your life a living hell, depending on where you are. Uh, you know. Uh, on which side of the trade you're you're on, because as you know, this is a zero sum game, right? Like somebody's winning and someone's losing. Um, yeah, and another thing to it's very important for people to understand it's not just about um, you know Bitcoin and Ethereum; those might be the gateway currencies, but now a lot of uh, crypto only exchanges have come up. It is, in, I guess, in the next show we'll be talking about exchanges, liquidity issues, which exchange to you know start off with, which exchange never to go, how to look up an exchange, how to look up why this website called Crypto Compare or Coin Market Cap is good, and how to buy tokens and all all the fun stuff that you really, really need to do. We will actually hopefully do exercises on them in the coming uh, shows. And they won't be shows somewhere down in July or August. These will be shows right next week and the week after that. Maybe we'll do two shows in a week if not goes up to it. Uh, but basically get you in up and running and see how you can you know get on trades and so forth. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's yes, we we definitely there are a lot of tools um in the space but they are not in one place, all in one place. So there are a couple of resources that you'll have to go back and forth and yeah, you know, um and, and in terms of the 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 liquidity issues, that's something that the space uh definitely has a problem with during peak peak um trading times, you know, when Coinbase is crashing and you know, exchanges are closing and not signing up any users. So there's definitely a lot of business and, opportunity. Uh, com- confirmation times. Yes, confirmation so. times. Yeah, anybody who's used Bitcoin um, <laughs> will will realize that you know it's it's quite slow um, when when uh, the 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 network is busy. It takes a while to to um, to transfer the the payments. So it'll be interesting to see how the other blockchains hold up to mm-hmm. the amount of traffic that Bitcoin uh, has had to hold up to. It's easy to to criticize Bitcoin because it's the biggest and 
uh, the, has the most um, traffic. Uh, and when you don't have as much traffic, you know, you, obviously you're going to be faster. So yeah, lo- lots mm. of things to talk about. So before we close the show, Nako, my questions to you. Predictions for 2018. It is, after all, the start of the year. It's good to get some predictions in, and then we can compare them maybe in the middle of the uh, year and towards the end. Right. Predictions. Oh, man. Um, well, I think the market cap will hit $1 trillion before March. I think. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to be psychologically for the, for the space. That's going to be huge for us, like huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it'll be like the ten thousand, right? The ten thousand Bitcoin hitting ten thousand. Like it was, it was a psychological thing uh, uh, among price people. of Bitcoin towards the year end. Yes. Okay. Price of Bitcoin. Damn, this is a hard one. This is a hard one, but I think I can see Bitcoin being fifty thousand. By the end of 2018, December 2018, 50k. And Ethereum? Ah oh, man, Ethereum is a tough one because there's so many people going after Ethereum now. Uh, um, but I love the community. I really like the Ethereum community a lot. Uh, they, they're just doing the right things. They're so I think it will probably be. I'm going to say five thousand. Okay. I don't have a prediction on Bitcoin itself. I'm just saying, hey, hold it. If you want, if you can afford to hold it, hold it. Ethereum, I'm probably say about closer to maybe 3,000 towards the year end. Uh, But I do see a lot of crypto exchanges coming up. I do see a lot of people now trying to say, okay, how do it is still very technical on how you have to, or rather, what you have to do to invest. It's not simple. It's not like going into a shop and saying, hey, give me five shares of IBM or something like that. It's very, very technical. And I think once more and more companies and exchanges come up that make it easy, I think we will see a whole lot of... Tra- I, I, I think we haven't seen traction, not even not even remotely. The, the real traction will come this year and next year. I, I, I hope so more this year. And uh, let's see how it goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Very excited. Really um, have grown to really love this community very much, uh, despite the fact that it can be a little stressful sometimes. Uh, and mm-hmm. the fact that there's been, you know, a, a, a bit of um, infighting between certain camps that we won't name because I don't don't want to don't want to even go there. Uh, but I think generally speaking, it's a really great place to um to learn to meet other people and to feel like you're actually you know contributing to to the better of humanity because i really think that a lot of projects are going to take us to another level um in terms of our productivity in terms of uh spreading of wealth which um and and just getting more people involved that perhaps have not been involved in a way that we've ever seen before. So I'm really excited about 2018. I'm really excited about the space. I'm excited about our interviews that we'll have with various founders. 
And thank you listeners um, for taking time out to, you know, listen to us. Uh, feel free to send us any questions. I mean, to yeah, have email content? at BTC, which is, you know, uh, behind the coin, BTC at aroundthecoin.com. Nako's email would be N-A-K-O at aroundthecoin. My email is Faisal, F-A-I-S-A-L at aroundthecoin.com. And, you know, in the coming, this is a pilot episode. So, you know, we will get it right. We will get the format right. We will get the advertisers right. We will get the interviews right. We will get the template right. We will get everything right. Bear with us. It takes about six to 10 episodes to get it right. It's a huge commitment on our time to get this out. But I can tell you personally, uh, not just because she's my co-host, she is one of the most, Narcos, one of the most connected women I have seen on the planet. <laughs> but that pales into comparison on her knowledge that she has with respect to crypto. I don't know of another woman who has so much knowledge. I don't even know of another man who has so much knowledge. And the great thing is that she's willing to share it with all of us and we are willing to share it with all of you and hopefully you know some greater good will come through it but uh, till next time i'm signing off my name is Faisal Khan and my name is Nako Mbele thank you so much for the kind words Faisal i'm also learning a lot from you and uh yeah looking forward to to continuing the show thank you everyone and we'll see you next week with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a world. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.